Welcome to a little bonus edition of the No Dunks Podcast. I'm J.E. Skeets here in Atlanta. we got our super producer, J.D., pushing the buttons. And joining us on the phone, we got a very special guest today. He's the editor-in-chief of The Athletic DC. He hosts the excellent NBA podcast, Hoops Adjacent. And he's a basketball Hall of Famer, for crying out loud. It's David Aldridge. D.A., thanks for jumping on the horn today, man. Skeets, thank you for having me, brother. Appreciate it. How are you... Holding up. Is everybody, you know, healthy? Everybody good right now? Yeah, no, as long as the Wi-Fi holds up, our, our boys are fine. You know, they're, they're <laughs> two teenage boys, they're on their computers 21 hours a day, you know what I mean? So so they're good. You know, they've been home for a couple of weeks. We do, they're doing a remote learning thing with their schools. Um, so, so far, so good. We're trying to kick them out of the house every day for at least half hour or so to go outside and walk around, do something, mm-hmm. you know, social distancing themselves as, as they can. Um, but so far, so good, man. I mean, you know, we're so blessed. I, you got a, I got a roof over my head. I, you know, I got food in the pantry, you know, the, the, the lights are on, you know, it's compared to what other people are going through during this pandemic, you know, around the world, I, I, we have it so easy and so good, man. I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, you know, this is so crazy. All all these people are talking about this incredible hardships and there's all they're making us do all this stuff, you know, this terrible things we can't go and it's literally like all they're asking you to do is stay home. Yeah. They're not asking you to go climb Mount Everest. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're asking you to stay in your house. <laughs> you know, so as long as you've got food in, in your house, what's the, and you can turn the lights on and off, what's the big deal? I mean, what's the worst? That's the worst thing that they're going to ask you to do. The people are going to ask you to do the sacrifice in your life. You've had a pretty good life. So that's exactly I try to, right. Yeah. So I try to keep perspective on these things. <laughs> Well, that's great. I wanted to have you on here today for, for a couple of reasons. They really go hand in hand because I do sort of selfishly, um, you know, want to talk, talk some hoops, even if it's hypothetical yeah. hoops, because, sure. you know, we're all trying to stay busy. We're doing the same thing here at No Dunks. We're, we're doing movie reviews and we're recapping Survivor <laughs> and like we're getting silly and stuff. But it is nice to talk hoops when you can. And you dropped a great article uh, on The Athletic on Friday with... You know, what you called, I loved the title, A Modest Proposal for Resetting the NBA Postseason and Engaging Lottery Teams. So I wanted to, like, pick your brain a little bit here, you know, regarding some of your ideas. There's a lot to unpack here, but sort of have this as, like, an accompanying piece to your to your column, which I encourage everybody to listen to. Does that sound all right? Oh, yeah, that's fine. And and I appreciate you got the Swift reference, man. And a lot of people didn't get that. So. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. So again, I would encourage everyone to go and read DA's column right now. If you're an athletic subscriber, I'm sure you already have. If you're an NBA fan and you're listening to this podcast. If you're not, though, guys, take advantage. There is a 90-day free trial, theathletic.com slash free 90 days. I mean, you can get in there and go again and read David Aldridge's column on this sort of idea, this proposal for the for the hopefully an NBA postseason or season down the line. So let's let's discuss this. Now you point out, DA, it's sort of a two dual track, but I actually almost think there's three components to what you were proposing here. Mm-hmm. The first one is that you think all 30 teams would have a five day mini camp. Yeah. And then the second part is the playoffs would begin immediately with the 16 teams currently, one through eight in each conference. And then the third part is the non-playoff teams, the 14 teams that aren't in the playoffs, after their little mini camps, they'd have their own sort of playoff type series to battle it out for the first pick in the upcoming draft. So I love all three of these things, but let's start with the first one. Why, yeah. 
or how did you ultimately sort of come to the decision of like, you know, five days? Like it's obviously an abbreviated mini camp. I've seen other people think, oh, it's got to be longer, you know, two weeks or something like that for these NBA athletes to get into shape. Why or do you think sort of that five day could work in theory? Well, I, the, the number one thing, Skeets, with, with anything, any type of idea or proposal or, you know, you know, restarting the season, if we're fortunate enough to be able to do that, mm-hmm. it will, and literally a million things are going to have to fall into place for the NBA or any pro sports league to be able to start anything in July yep. or August. You know what I mean? So we are so far yep. from that. But if that were to happen, um, you... I just feel like a couple of things have to happen. You cannot start with games. You can't. You right. have to give these guys a week to um, get themselves just acclimated to running up and down a floor again. It's not the same as playing, but you have to give them the best possible you know, simulation to that. And that's a training camp. And I leave it up to the teams. You, maybe you don't go on the floor at all. Maybe you just run. I mean, seriously, I don't, yeah. I don't have a good answer here. Right? I don't have a, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a savant on this. I, I'm, I'm leaving it up to the, the athletic trainers and the team doctors. They know their players better than, than you or I do. And, and, you know, for a younger team, maybe you go out on the floor and you scrimmage, but for an older team, maybe it's just a lot of calisthenics. Maybe it's just a lot of stretching. Maybe it's a lot of core work to try to re-engage the muscle groups, and 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 maybe it's more walkthroughs. Everybody's going to handle it differently, but it has to be done with a look at the calendar. The calendar is everything mm-hmm. this year, because I believe, and John Hollinger wrote this a similar piece as well last week in the Athletic, that teams do not want to do anything that is going to impact adversely the calendar for next season. I really do believe that the league and and the team owners do not want massive disruption to 2021. Mm. I don't think that I really think they want to keep that as close to normal if if you can as possible. Um you know the last thing I think they would want is to delay the 2021 season start to Christmas. Um because your playoffs went into September, you know what I mean? So you have to, you have to look at that with the calendar in mind. So everything that you can do to save a day, to save a week, I think they have to try it. Um, But you have to give these guys a few days to get themselves in some kind of physical shape so that they can start playing games again. That's why I think you have to have five days and with no preseason games, I'm not going to, I think those, that's a complete waste of time. You know, just have the guys together for five days and what, however you want to use those five days is, is fine with me so that when the, when the bell rings again, they're ready to play, uh, play basketball again. Yeah, it's, I think maybe some fans think, you know, these guys are some of the best athletes in the world. Like, just throw them back out there, no problem. <laughs> or maybe they also think, you know, we're all at home here and I'm doing my yoga and I'm doing my push-ups. Well, these guys got their own personal gyms and they got their own courts and they're just working out, you know, 20 hours of a, out of the day. Like, it's probably just not the case. It's not true. So, like, yeah, to, it's sort of I agree with what you're saying, In especially when you talk to the trainers and stuff. It's like, you can't just throw these guys back out there and right. and not expect things to go wrong and, and, like, a lot of pulled hammies and injuries and exactly. stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
The, yeah, they're uh, very concerned about soft tissue injuries and things like that. Lower body injuries, much more so than upper body injuries, because those that's where all the, the stress comes from, is on those knee joints and on those ankle joints. I mean, it's so you have to slowly ramp them up back to playing at that elite level that NBA players play at. Right. And so you think, because I know other people have said or thrown out, and I think Hollinger was one of them, the idea of instead of the mini camp and using it however you want to from team to team Mm -hmm. some say well why not pick a number let's say of the regular season hey everybody played up to 70 games some teams will have to play five some have have to play three whatever it is and almost use oddly the regular season as almost a weird form of preseason um play but yeah you sort of you don't think that in your proposal you think more just do whatever you want and then we'll get started with these sort of two playoff systems that we got going right well yeah the reason is that you want you have to limit exposure potential exposure so anything Mm -hmm. that you do that brings teams together increases the amount in the the risk of exposure because yeah i mean we can't we can't possibly believe that even if we flatten the curve nationally, which I think is a dubious proposal to, to say the least, in the next two months, you can't believe the virus isn't going to still be out there. You know what I mean? So you yeah. have to limit as much potential exposure as possible. So, you know, playing five or seven relatively meaningless regular season games to me doesn't make any sense at all. You know, because right. all you're doing is is making people more exposed to potential, you know, contracting the disease so why would you, or the virus so why would you do that you know yeah. limit the number of people limit the teams to themselves for five days and then start playing on these two tracks but you're playing for something meaningful on each side you're not just playing to end the season and 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 i love john but i just i just do not believe skeets that i why should the knicks get a chance to win the nba championship Right, they, right. They were terrible this season. Yeah, you know, they played sixty-five games. It's not like they played twelve. You know what I mean? They played eighty percent, seventy-five or eighty percent of their schedule, depending on the team, uh, in the regular season before the league was shut down. They don't. They, why do those teams deserve a chance? They didn't earn a right to be in the playoffs. They, there's no way in hell I'd put uh, you know one of those lottery teams in the playoffs. They didn't earn it. They had four right. and a half months to earn it. They didn't earn it. <laughs> so they shouldn't get the chance to be in the playoffs. I, that's why I want to give them something to play for. And that's why I came up with this this idea or this, I, as I said in the column, I blatantly ripped it off of something I saw in an <laughs> NHL column, which I thought was a great idea. But I want them to have something to play for, but it just shouldn't be for an NBA championship. Yeah, yeah, because like you said, some think, hey, let's just put all 30 teams into a cool sort of March Madness-like thing. And, and you say, no, 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 you already you didn't have 25% of the season, and then no. maybe you have a case to make like, hey, I was turning it around, or hey, I would have been a right. playoff team. Yeah, like you're saying, we played 75% of the regular season already, and you weren't a good team, so you're not playing for the championship. That's right. uh, 100% fair. Okay, we'll get we'll get to your that, that lottery team, again, sort of playoff system, but right. you, you do have as that second part, or I guess really the first part of the playoffs— it is the playoffs, in your opinion. Now, you have some interesting parts in there, though. Yeah. You think, and I would assume it goes along the lines of what you were saying about, hey, the calendar is sort of the problem here, and you got to jam this in. So you throw out the best of three series yes. um, to start. And I, you actually, like, maybe you're showing your age, DA. I'm an old man, too. But I had... I had completely no idea that this was something the NBA oh, actually yeah. did at one point in oh, the yeah. late 70s, early 80s. Um, so 
Yeah, talk about the best of three there. The miniseries. Oh, yeah. sure. Everybody. I mean, you know, when when the when the ABA and the NBA merged, right? The, mm-hmm. the four ABA teams were folded into the NBA, um, and so you had to you had more playoffs. You had to expand the playoffs because you have more teams uh, come into the league at one time. So what they came up with was the miniseries, which was a best of three. <laughs> home, home, home. You know, boom, boom, boom. Home, home, home. <laughs> And um, two, best two out of three. And they did it for about, I don't know, I think eight years, seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 85 was the last year they did it. And then, you know, owners started to say, no, owners started to realize, hey, wait a minute, we could have a best of five series in the first round and get more, more you know, home dates and right. potentially make more money. And so it became a five game series and then ultimately it became a seven game series in the first round. Again, the calendar's everything here. So... To have a representative playoffs in a in as short a period of time as possible, one way you can do that is to truncate at least the first round. Mm-hmm. Now, I leave it up to the league whether they would truncate the second round. I don't think you. I don't. I wouldn't do anything to the conference finals or finals. Those should be best of seven. You want to have the fairest opportunity for the best teams to to win and and to beat other elite teams. You you have to try to beat them four times. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um they want to make the second round seven games. I mean, I'd make it five, but if they want to make it seven, okay. But I think that first round the 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 reason you do it is because it buys you a week. You mm-hmm. know, if you do it the normal seven game series and I'm not even talking about dragging it out two and a half weeks like they do when you have you know, three days off between games sometimes. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, you can't do, you obviously can't do that. But I'm talking about, it can be over in five days. You can have a first round that's done in five days, and that just buys you so much more time to get the rest of your playoffs in. And I think it's something that has been done. It's not like this has never been done in the NBA's history before. Um, And it it does create to me, I think, a little bit of drama because, you know, Team one goes, you know, the team that's the underdog goes on the road in game one. And however it happens, they shock the team, you know, the, the favorite. Well, now all of a sudden they're going home with a chance to close the favorite out. And that creates incredible drama in the second game of the playoffs. Yeah. And isn't that what we all want? Don't we all want that kind of crazy drama, you know, to be ratcheted back up? And so you're you're doing that to truncate the playoffs but you're also doing it because it immediately kind of creates some real drama in the nba you know three days after you start playing again and i think that's what you know we all want is that kind of built-in playoff drama winner go home in game two that would be awesome yeah it is it's getting it's like sort of the nba equivalent of a march madness like exactly where it's exactly yeah it's not one and done but it is feels like it could feel like that for sure yeah it's the closest thing they can do yeah. Right? So. Yeah. You also had a third reason I thought too, I think in the article, you think it maybe gives the teams a better chance of just succeeding um, rounds healthier, like just having Again, sort of less right. games for these guys that are coming back and being thrown into a postseason that that maybe helps some of these guys, like whoever the older guys or maybe not even know the older guys, like just to go further in the playoffs. Right. Right. I being just healthy. think, yeah. right. Well, any guy, any player, young or old that has any type of you know, kind of chronic condition, you know, tendonitis or, or, you know, or, you know, they, whatever their physical problem is, the fewer games you play, the better chance you have of getting through the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, we all want these got these teams and these, these players to get through the playoffs and it's going to, there are going to be injuries. 
You cannot take three months off and then start playing again without there being injuries. And yeah. so having a shorter first round gives you a better chance for more players to get through that first round relatively healthy. And what it also does, and I've talked to a couple of, you know, again, athletic trainers about this, it gives them more prep time for the next round. So if you get you win the series in two games, now maybe you have three or four days off before the next round begins. Mm -hmm. And and you can treat those injuries in a in a better way that that develop or that may come up. Um, and so guys can again get that downtime that will be necessary for them to get through the playoffs healthy. A couple other things you had in your sort of playoff proposal, you threw out that you think the final should maybe return to the two three two format. I think um, all seven game series in this, all in of this, yes, in this, in this, this year. And again, Skeets, this is a one-off. I'm not suggesting that they do this at all going forward. If we right. go back to regular, you know, a normal life for all of us with normal playoffs, go back to the best of seven. Fine. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just talking about getting through this year. How do you get yeah. through this year? And so for this year, I think for all seven game series and maybe for the five game series too. Uh, well, you can't do it for five-game series. But for the seven-game series, I would definitely go back to 2-3-2. Two, two. Yes. Um, and the reasoning is simple. You're limiting potential exposure. Right. If you go 2-2-1-1-1, two, two, one, 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 you have four potential travel days in between in between the games of, the, of, of a 2-2-1-1-1 two, two, one, one, one series. After game two, after game four, after game five, after game six. You're telling people to get on planes. You're telling people to check into hotels. You're telling people to, to go out and eat, even if they have the food brought in, whatever it is. But you're yeah. exposing them more to potential mm -hmm. infection. We're trying to limit as much infection as possible with this proposal. And that's why you go to me to 232. That means two travel days after game two, after game five. And that's it. You don't that's have it. to. That's it. And you're you're in one place for a week if you go to two three two, and you can you can do as much, you know, forward thinking as possible to to quarantine your players in a hotel or how, you know however you want to do it. Um, you can have like I said have the food brought in. They don't go out. Whatever you want to do, but if they're if they're in one place for a week, I just think you have a much better chance of them not being exposed as opposed yeah. to them going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth uh, between cities in, in a two two one 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 format. Yeah. And just even to goes hand in hand with just, you're going to be able in theory to get through series faster too. Right. Just taking exactly. away, uh, like you said, a couple of those travel days, the final part that really caught my eye, I hadn't really thought it hadn't even crossed my mind that this could in theory be an issue again, knock on wood that we even have this to debate down the line. But you throw out the idea there should maybe have to be more day games for the yeah. postseason. And I hadn't thought about that because of, you know, arena availability with all these other concerts right. and leagues that maybe are coming back at the same time too, again, that we hope. Exactly. Exactly. And even if the, even um, if you add no dates, you know, even if you have the existing schedule, um, if you're playing in July, well, delete those arenas were not, those arenas were filled, you know. I mean, people yeah. they they filled they filled those dates up with concerts or whatever it is because they assumed the season would be over. That's how you plan a year in advance, usually for most arenas. Um, so July's not available to the NBA teams, at least not for a lot of nights. There may be a night here or a night there where the building's dark, but for the most part, you know, these guys are still trying to make money. These owners need to make money 
uh, and they need to have events in their buildings, right? So that's when you have the concerts, that's when you have the circus come to town or whatever it is, um, you know, that, that normally people do, the tractor pull or whatever it is, you know, that's when you bring them in is July and August, you know, that you want to have those dates filled. So you have to, as a matter of the, the, the schedule of the buildings, you're just not going to have that much availability. And so the only thing that makes sense is to play games in the daytime, you know? Yeah. And so, um, you know, you do it on the weekends, right? During the playoffs, we, we yep. have we have games drawn during the day on Saturday and Sunday during the playoffs. Okay, so maybe this year you might have to have a Thursday play, afternoon playoff game or a Tuesday afternoon playoff game in addition to the weekend games. I mean, again, you have finite resources and finite dates and a finite amount of time to finish this. And so I think you have to have more day games. It's just it's just something you're going to have to do. And, you know, the 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 X factor and all this that none of us know is are, are there going to even be fans available for these games? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, no way of being able to predict that. So um, but even if there aren't any, you're still going to have to play some games in the daytime, I think. Yeah, and look during uh, self lockdown, self isolating. What's the weekend even mean anymore to anybody? That's like, exactly right. That's <laughs> like exactly Saturday right. is sure. Tuesday, and Wednesday right. is Sunday. That's I right. mean, it, That's right. it truthfully doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um, so let's get to the third part then. Again, I mean, really the second part of the dual track, but. The one that's the most uh, eye-opening, I think, it caught a lot of people I saw in the comments like, oh, there, there's something there. You suggested, I said off the top there, like the 14 non-playoff teams, instead of telling them like, all right, hey, thanks for the you know 75% of the regular season, just watch the playoffs like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. You have this idea of, you know, it's it gets a little convoluted, but basically it's a 14 non-playoff team. They're seeded one through 14, no conference Correct. affiliation at Correct. all. Right. And then, as you point out, everything is backward in this tournament. In this tournament, right. so <laughs> the team with the worst record gets the top seed, and I throw that in air quotes. Right. And the t- <laughs> team with the second worst record gets the two seed, and so on. So the idea, though, is you want to make it harder for the better teams that would be in this hypothetical tournament. You want to make it harder for them to actually win the upcoming draft pick because that's what they're playing for here. In in your idea, like they're playing for something because they're playing for you know, draft position and you have it. So the top four seeds, again, I throw that in air quotes, Golden State, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Atlanta, the fourth worst teams in the league. They sort of get like these double buys. So they're pushed further into this playoff sort of tournament um, to help their chances of not falling too far down. Right. Do I have that sort of right? You have to weigh it, right. You have to weigh it at some level so that the better teams don't, get the same chance as the worst teams, right? I mean, it's the whole point of a lottery is that the teams at the bottom have a better chance of getting the top picks, right? So how do you kind of bake that in in a tournament form? Well, the only way you can do it is to give the the, the top or bottom, how no matter depending on your point of view, those four teams a double buy so that the worst they can do is six, right? They, they can't do worse than six, you know? So that way a team's not falling from one to 14. Like that would be, that would be really unfair because, you know, whatever you think of what Golden State did this year, the expectation they've had through 65 games is they're going to wind up with a really good pick at the end of this really bad season. Right. So um, you can't, you can't just snatch that and change the rules up, you know, 75% of the way through their season. So this way they still have a chance to get a top six pick 
And I can't do, I can't make it higher than six. I couldn't figure out a way to do it. Maybe there's smarter people than me that kill it. But at least this way, the least, the worst they can do is six. And the worst any of the bottom four teams can do is six. Then there's a lot of blowback to this idea, though, of sort yeah. of these teams playing for a pick. Because the number one mm-hmm. thing you always hear, it's, it's something like this, right? People go, well, what the hell mm-hmm. is the incentive for, you know, current players to win a tournament that allows their team to draft possibly yeah. a, repa- a, a replacement player. Like that's, you you hear that all the time. Like why would, you know, just for an example, you know, why would uh, Devin Booker want to play hard for the possibility of mm-hmm. them drafting like a, the next Devin Booker on that team? Do you, like, it feels to me in reading what you wrote, you don't really buy that sense because you think the players do have a sense of competition just inherently in them. Well, they have a sense of competition and they also have a sense of, of, ego right i mean yeah i you know i am are you i i i i posited this to one person who said that do you really think damian lillard thinks somebody's better than him (laughs) you know what i mean like you you have no concept of the the confidence level of a great nba player if you think they're going to be sitting in a corner cowering because oh what if we win this tournament and they draft a good player who they might beat me out for a job are you nuts are you crazy? Have you ever watched an NBA game? You know, do you, do you understand how competitive these guys are? You don't think anybody's better than them. Yeah. And, 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 and again, to use Lillard as an example, if I'm Damian Lillard or if I'm CJ McCollum, I need help. I know I need help. Yeah. Right. I'm not good enough to win a championship with the team that's around me right now. Why wouldn't I want the chance to get an Obi Tappan or one of these great young players to come in and help me? Help me win next year. Help me win a championship. This is the best way I can. This is the easiest way I can physically help my team get a great player. Why yeah. wouldn't I want to do that? I think that's an absurd, you know, kind of objection to this. There's, you know, I don't, you really have not been around NBA players. If you think they're scared of guys coming in out, out of college and beating them out for jobs, you don't know these guys very well. I'll just say that. Yeah, and I would add to that too. It's it's pretty short-sighted because even if the objective here makes a little sense for a guy that's at the end of the bench, like let's mm-hmm. say the 11th, 12th man, okay, yeah, now you convince me that, yeah. okay, that person it might They're lose their... They're not playing, Skeets. They're exactly. not playing in any way. <laughs> Who yes. cares what they you, think? <laughs> you, They're not playing. You took, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly right. They're, they're, they have no say in it because they're not right. playing. That's exactly right. All right, we're... we're uh, we're on board together on that one because uh, that's yeah. exactly my comeback to that too. <laughs> I want you to be honest with me though. When you were thinking this idea uh, idea up, DA, yeah, yeah, did you know that only the Warriors and Cavs are the only two current lottery teams this year that could potentially lose their first round pick, but they wouldn't in your scenario anyway because you know their picks are like top twenty protected and top ten yeah. protected. I, they, I did not. Yeah, I did not. I'm you did not. not? Did okay, no, I was wondering no, that. No. Yeah. I and somebody pointed it out. It's a fair point. Like I don't. I did not. I did not go back. I did not go through this to say, well, who doesn't have their first round pick? Yeah. And where, where would? And I did not do that for the purposes of this exercise. But um, you know. Uh, I still think the point is valid, um, and I'm glad it worked out with the Warriors and the Cavaliers yeah, that yeah. they would keep their picks. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, to me, this is again just a way to kind of truncate the calendar so that you don't have this kind of extended post-finals, um, you know, kind of ramp up to the draft and free agency. I want the draft and free agency to start as humanly possible. 
as soon as humanly possible after the season is over, after the finals are over. Um, you know, and and hopefully, you know, you'd have to figure out the, the scheduling on this. My idea, and I did not write this, but my idea would be that this this lottery tournament would end before the finals and mm. I don't want I don't want this to be the last game that's played. Obviously, you want the finals to be the showcase yeah. event. So however you can do it, and I think you could still do it because it's only 14 teams and it's only, you know, it's it's a lot of single elimination games. So you're not playing series in this case. Um, so I still th- I think you could finish this relatively quickly, but I certainly would have this over and done with before the finals, because these teams are going to have to, you know, once they know what, where they're picking they would have to have some time to prepare for the draft themselves and maybe make potential deals or moves or whatever they want to do. And I didn't point it out when I was sort of bringing it up here, but again, within this sort of lottery tournament idea, you do have this hypothetically in one location, right? Like you said, like a Vegas or some other place. I think the, yeah, the last six teams. Yes. Again, I I think, you know, the first two rounds of it there, it's not, it's not a, it's not a series of games. It's one game, right? So mm-hmm. again, I think you're you are you are mitigating the risk of exposure to virus. But for example, I've got Portland. You know, Portland's the 14 team, the team with the best record of the non-playoff teams. They go to San Antonio, right? Mm-hmm. For one game, it's a one game, and if they win that, then that winner goes and plays in New York for one game with the Knicks, right? You know, and so this is how you get to the final six relatively quickly. Now, the final six, because it has to be round robin, you have to play multiple games against each other to pick to get the top four teams. I would have in one location, and I I think Vegas would make the most sense just because they have two arenas that are right next to it. They're literally connected to each other. You don't have to go outside. You know, you don't have to go across the street or down, you know, near the strip. I mean, they're all, they're both in the same place. Yeah. So to the extent that you could sterilize those two buildings, you know, you'd have a better chance of doing it with two buildings that are connected to each other. Yeah. I know you just recently had Michelle Roberts, um, NBA PA, uh, President Michelle Roberts. It was a great interview. It's on Hoops Adjacent. Go check it out, guys. And I heard her say, um, you know, look, they want to salvage the season. They want to. We all know the league wants to. If they can, if we if we can do this healthy and, and, and we can get back to playing basketball, that's the number one goal down the line. Yeah. Um, but where do you stand, honestly, on just straight up canceling this season and just saying, you know what, it is a little bit too risky and what's the point? Maybe all eat like your idea, Hollander's idea, all these other ideas. Maybe we just say, all right, let's just move on to, to next season and we could start it at a more normal time and have a more normal season. Like what, what's your vibe on that? That some people say, just cancel this. <laughs> well, I mean, here's, here's what I would say about, here's, you know, and I've, you know, obviously we're, we've all been talking not just to people around the league but you know you're you live in a city that's dealing with this wherever you live uh, or a state that's dealing with this wherever you live mm-hmm. uh, or a province wherever you live right. um so the chance that there's 30 nba cities the chance that all 30 nba cities are all going to be past this in two months is microscopic to me yeah <laughs> like i just don't there's just no way that's going to be possible. We have no way of being able to predict with any certainty where the spikes are going to come in the next few months. And even, and I said this to somebody the other day, let's just say sake of argument, New York gets it under control in the next two months. New York, by July 1st, New York is 
you know, they flatten the curve. They have their, their medical systems are, are not overwhelmed. They're able to treat the people that still have the virus. They can maybe even think about starting to relax some of their, you know, stay in place measures. What if Houston all of a sudden spikes? Right. <laughs> you know, right. what what if Denver spikes? What if what if Salt Lake City spikes, you know? And and again, okay, let's say let's just say the best possible scenario happens and you somehow get all 30 cities online and you start your playoffs again and somebody tests positive. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> you know, like you have to stop playing again. So I again, I'm very skeptical, Skeets, that we're going to have any playoffs this year. I hope we do. I really hope we do. But I am skeptical just because I just don't know. It's not one city. It's not one team. It's 30 teams in 30 cities. Yeah. And I just don't know how you can possibly believe that all 30 cities are going to have this under control by the summer. Right. How? How can you possibly believe that's possible? I just... You know, I just don't see it. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know. I mean, I think you're asking an awful lot and you're, you're expecting an awful lot. And, you know, it's just human nature. And, and just as, as we learn more about this disease and the spread, there's, there's going to be things we don't know that we find out in the next few months. If, if this thing is airborne in some way that we didn't know about, for example, and that changes everything. Again, yeah. things are going to keep changing. There's not going to be one playbook. So... I'm skeptical. I'm hope I hope I'm wrong, but I'm skeptical. Well, off of that, then I'm interested to hear your, your take on sort of like NBA owners and executives, and and maybe even some players. Like we've heard over the last week or two, they're almost like throwing out like dates. You know, like I yeah. know Cuban sounded optimistic that we could resume play in May. And I think Daryl Morey said something recently. Like, and I get it. Like, like you're saying, like we all hope basketball comes back, but I do wonder with some of these higher ups and and again owners, execs, whatever throwing that out there to the to the public and to the NBA fans, I almost wonder if it does more harm than good. Um, yeah, even, I, even though it's well-meaning, like we yeah, all, of yeah. course, want to play ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. And, I, you know, it's hard It's hard to tell people not to be optimistic. You, you don't want everybody to be pessimistic and think the world is going to end and all that sort of thing. So you want, I think, just, just from a human standpoint, you want to have some hope that this thing is going to turn around. Um, in the next few weeks. So I get that people, I think, I don't, I don't ascribe commerce to every utterance. You know what I mean? I don't think, Mm -hmm. I don't think owners are just saying this just because they want to get people thinking about making money again and all that sort of thing. Um, But again, I think it's, I I think you, you, you can't predict anything with this. You know, there's just no way you can predict with any certainty how this is going to manifest itself in six weeks in 12 weeks, in 18 weeks. There's no way of knowing. Yeah, There's just no way of any of us being able to say with any certainty how this is going to play out. And so I don't know how you can possibly plan. You know, I think, I'll give you an example. I think you could start, for example, if we really did flatten the curve, maybe you could play a golf tournament with no fans, right? (laughs) It's an individual sport. It's one guy and one caddy. You can test them both every day. It's mm-hmm. a limited field of people. You know, it's a, it's not uh, it's not three hundred people playing. It's like fifty guys playing or fifty women playing. You know, and you and again, it's in one place. And so, if you and, and it's usually in you know it's in the summertime, so it's going to be somewhere that's warm. You know, it's going to be 
uh, an environment that maybe you, you might be able to control a little bit more because it's in one central location. You maybe could do that. I could say maybe yeah. by August, maybe you could have a golf tournament in California somewhere or, or, or Florida somewhere or Texas, you know, I mean, someplace obviously warm, but you can't do that with a team sport. How can you do that with a team sport? How, so how can you, the traveling <laughs> alone just, too? Yeah. I mean, just think about the NBA is the smallest league in terms of number of players. It's, it's, you know, 12 to 15 players per team. You have every team now has five or six assistant coaches. Every team now has four or five trainers, right? You have to have somebody from communications, from PR, even if it's just two or three people, you know, maybe you don't, you know, you may not have as much game staff. You may not have as many people working the scorer's table. I, I grant you that because you may not have fans. You may not need stats, you know, um, yeah. you won't be selling products and things like that. But the, every NBA team at minimum is 30 to 40 people. And that's, yeah. that's skeleton. That's yeah. a skeleton, you know, assembly of people, you know, to get a team in. And that doesn't even count if you televise it, which is the whole point of playing again, <laughs> is that you got to put it on TV somewhere, you yeah. know? So, and, and I've worked in TV and you've worked in TV. You know how many people are on a crew, you know? <laughs> It's ridiculous how many people I mean, there are. Yeah, you talk about fifty to hundred people. So Easy, now, yeah. you know, how are you going to do this? You know, how are you going to do and how are you going to replicate this in multiple venues? I it's it, I don't know how you do it, Ski. I don't know how you how you can pull this off without um, you know, potentially exposing people to the virus. And again, the thing that none of us know is what if somebody tests positive during these playoffs? I mean, I yeah. you have to stop playing again and then you can't restart it, you know? So I just don't know. Uh, or the, the alternative is you test your, you test your team, you quarantine four players. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, Los Angeles Lakers, you got to play the playoffs with seven guys. How's yeah. that going to fly? Yeah. You know, and what if one of them is a starter and a key starter? You know what I mean? So how is that fair? That's not equitable either. So, you know, how? what's the solution? You tell me. With with any of these ideas, and I might be showing my stupidity here, but I want to ask you, like, um, and, I, and I thought of it, of it when you were talking to Michelle Roberts, it, like whatever proposal, be it yours, Hollanders, if we, some other thing that the league comes up with. Yeah. Do they have to, does the player union have to agree to that plan? Or yes, is it sort of like it, they do have to? Silver can't well, just but, say we're doing this. Let's go. Well, yeah, they have to agree to it because they have to agree to any whatever modifications are made to the schedule have to be negotiated. You know, I mean, those are collective bargaining sure. issues. You know what I mean? So, um, so all of these things are subject to side agreements. Not to mention the fact that if you were to try and, I mean, these guys, a lot of guys have incentives in their contracts. You know, based on X number of, you know, you score X number of points, you get this or what, your team wins X number of games. Oh, you know right. I mean? So, yeah, right, right. You can't just unilaterally say, well, now we're playing 70 games. Well, wait a minute. I, my contract says I got to play 82 to get this million dollar bonus, you know. So all of these things have to be and that means the whole CBA has to kind of be. You have to adjust everyone's contract to a shortened season. You know, you have to. You have to do it. And that's that's the hard part. That's what's going to take a while. And that's what I also said in the article. Even if you say July 1, the curve is flattened, you've still got to do all this work 
to get these contracts straightened out so that people know exactly how much money they're they're making, losing, you know, how much money are you putting, how much BRI is going to be impacted because that impacts next year's cap, all of these things. And there's players who signed extensions based on next year's cap already, you know. So what do they get? They get less money, but how much less? All of these things have to be negotiated. You know, they have to you have to come up with a, a formula that works for every player. It's 450 players in the league. I mean, so it's not easy and it's not going to happen quickly. It's going to take a few weeks to sort all this out. So many complications. Yeah, so yeah. many things, like you said, that you would have to iron out. The mo- I, like, I'm so ecstatic to have you on, DA, but in talking to you, I'm becoming more and more convinced, yeah, that we are just going to have no, no conclusion just, to this season. I, or I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you can confidently. I'll just say this, Skeets. I'm, I, my concern is next season. I'm being perfectly honest with you. I want really? I, well, I don't mean that they will cancel next season, but I just want next season to go off as relatively, you know, hitch free as possible, right? Yeah. So, you know, you want them, you want players to be able to have a normal camp in October and start games, in, you know, second week of October like they do now, without too much disruption to the schedule. That's what I mean. To me, I think that's more realistic than figuring out a playoff system that's going to work for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. on an, a, on a, a Judy, on a, a truncated basis. I mean, and again, you're, you're assuming at the front end that you're going to be able to start this thing in June or July. Well, I, I mean, they just said April 30th for everybody, right. For the yeah. whole country, you know, that's just, that's minimum, right. I mean, so, the likelihood is most jurisdictions are going to go well into May, if not June, before they can even think about, you know, easing some of these restrictions off. So, again, how you get this in June from July through August, you've got to give these guys some time off, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't go into you can't stop on Labor Day and say, well, we'll see you in three weeks for training camp. You know what I mean? You got to, you know, you have to they have to have some time off. So, yeah, you know, and if it's not going to be three months like it normally is, they have to have at least two months. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you have to have a draft and free agency in between all that. So. I don't. I don't know, man. Yeah, know. it's like yeah, at some point, as the league, you wonder if they just say we just got to cut our losses, and it's yeah, it's, uh, just, it's unfortunate. It, but hey, Lakers and Bucks, uh, you're yeah, uh, sort of our co-champions, even though you're too, not. You know? Yeah, it's on. It's unfair, and it's too bad. But it, and it it really is, and I really do feel for these teams. I'm not. I'm not. I feel for these guys because they really, you know, Milwaukee rightly deserve feels like it deserves a shot at the finals and should be in the finals yeah and i totally understand that there's this is a this is not there's this is a pandemic i mean i don't know what you know there's nothing that anybody can do about this nobody meant nobody wanted this to happen but this is this is survival of people and that means more to me than whether or not you get to play in the finals i'm sorry you know i mean i don't want you know if John Kerry famously said, you know, who, when he was coming back from Vietnam, you know, who, who's the last person that deserves to die for a mistake? You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So, so if one person becomes ill and dies because they played playoff games, 
who can possibly be okay with that, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, and I'm not, nobody, you know, it's not because of negligence. It's just because of human beings. We This thing is very transmittable, you know, and most people don't know they have it for a while, you know? So I, I don't know how you could feel good about putting anybody in any type of situation where, where their risk is amplified. I just, I don't know how you could do it. You're you're a you're a Hall of Fame sports writer. I mean, we're doing our podcast. We're all trying to still create NBA content. Do you struggle yeah. at all, just personally? Like, I mean, I could tell just from your voice, like how obviously serious you take this, as we all should. But is like, do you struggle with the idea of like, you know, I still want to write an idea like this, a proposal, but it's sort of like, you know, you see people in the comments going, oh, how dare you even come up with this idea? You know, we right. should be talking about the healthcare system and the country collapsing right. and sure. people are dying. Like, that is a weird situation, is it not? For Or maybe it's not for you. I don't yeah. know how you handle it. No, no. I mean, I went, I went, you know, I go back and forth on it. I think, I think a lot of people do. Um, but you, but I also, um, while certainly the sports realm is not important compared to what's going on in the world right now, but on the other hand, I have so many people who who either write me or, or, or leave a comment or text me, friends of mine that say, no, no, we, we need this. We need to not think about this virus for a couple of hours. You know, we need something else to think about, you know, because we'll, we will just be overwhelmed with, with fear and sadness and anger or whatever, all the emotions that, that we're all feeling at this time. We need this diversion. So I get, so while I, I think that it is certainly true that what we're talking about is not important in the grand scheme of things, it is important to a lot of people because from a mental health standpoint, they need something else to consider for a while, you know? And so I, I would not, I would not, um, when I first started in the business, I used to always say about sports it's not brain surgery, right? I mean, what we do is not brain surgery, but it isn't nothing either. You know, <laughs> it's not nothing. It matters to people. It's important to people. Sports are important to people um, for a lot of different reasons, socioeconomic, from a f familial standpoint, the camaraderie that you have with friends, the ability to, to, to spend time together, the ability to, to wager, even if that's the, the entry point for you. Whatever it is, it matters to people. You know, the sense of community that we all get from when the team in your city does well. And it's kind of stupid if you think about it. Why would it matter? Why would it make you feel better about living wherever you live because a sports team that has your city's name on it won something? That doesn't materially affect your life in any way, but you feel better about your city. We all do, right? So so there's, there's it, it matters. <laughs> You know, the degree that it matters is certainly up for discussion and debate, but it does matter. Absolutely. Well, DA, man, we're going to end on that note. I like that note to end on. I appreciate you taking the time, honestly, uh, to talk to me today. Uh, everybody, follow DA on Twitter, at David Aldridge DC. Throw that on the end. Check out the Hoops Adjacent Podcast with Big Waz. Shout out to Waz. Um, and thanks again, DA. I want you to stay safe. And I hope down the line, of course, that we eventually do have hoops to argue and talk about with each other. Oh, we will again, Skeets. It just may not be, you know, on, a, on this timeline. But, you know, we'll get a hold of this eventually. And we'll be life will return to normal at some point. That's I, I truly do believe that. So I, I, I'm optimistic. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, my man. You could stay.